Welcome to the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. Welcome back. Welcome back. Time for another episode. Let's get it started. Today, we're going to be talking about three things. One is what to do when you have no time for exercise, how to improve your exercise form without really having to change anything, and third is the dangers of the scale and how to use it correctly. I'll get into that one a lot, so bear with me. Let's get this intro out of the way. First, uh, I mentioned last week about going to a wedding with my girlfriend for her best friends or one of her best friends weddings it was awesome great great wedding super happy for hannah and andrew if they're listening and as a wedding gift to them if you guys are listening go check out caveman barbell he uh i actually did an episode with him a while back if you see the one with caveman barbell or andrew beckham he's a wealth of knowledge very good when it comes to uh, powerlifting in particular so as a wedding gift to him just if you have a sec go check out his stuff puts out some good information he's on instagram just one word caveman barbell i believe i'll put it in the show notes to make it real easy on you i'll just have to make sure i put that down in my notes <laughs> uh, okay now it's down it's in the it's in the phone it's gonna happen Um, what else happened? Oh, at the wedding, also, big, big bonus was, uh, it was at a casino, and your boy got $600 at one point up. I only went in with 100, and the roulette table called my name, and for those of you that are familiar with roulette, when you hit, like, when you put it down on the numbers, it's very low chances that it's gonna hit a number that you pick, and... I hit like four in a row. I was hot. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. I was hot. And I really didn't realize what I was doing as far as money-wise because they gave me a million chips and I barely gambled. They're like, all right, a bunch of nickels. And I'm like, all right, I guess it's like nickels. (laughs) So I didn't realize it was $5. So every time that I hit the the number, that $5 turned into $175. So did, did pretty well. And like all gamblers, I took it further and lost some of that 600 ended up making about $300, and then actually saw Andrew on the way out and tossed him 100 because, I mean, without him, I wouldn't have been there anyway making the money, so a little extra wedding gift, uh, wedding present, so I hope that that ended up being profitable for him. I hope he didn't just shoot piss it all down the drain on the next hand of poker, <laughs> but hey, it was for him to do with what he whatever he wanted. Uh, and a protein shake update from last episode. I um, I came fresh off of the Ancient Nutrition Bone Broth Protein. And unfortunately, after a couple more times trying it, it not only was it not that great, like the taste, I just, it was one of those that you can't keep having it over and over again. Like the taste was too strong. And on top of that, it actually was making my stomach feel worse 
than the protein that I want that I had beforehand. So I'm starting to think it's like a mixing agent or something like that. I don't know, maybe like a creamer or something like that that's in there, even though I don't really have a that big of an issue with dairy when it comes to cheese and stuff. So I'm going to have to keep messing around. I got Onnit's protein, the plant protein that uh, Onnit has, and so far so good. I'll put that in the show notes too if anybody wants to try it. Um, plant protein. I'll tell you right now, the guy at Vitamin Shop actually had some experience with it and he gave me a very honest review which is rare because it's tough when you work in a in a shop like vitamin shop and gnc or anything like that they try and get you to like sell what you can i mean vitamin shop's better because i used to work there and they never like had quotas or expectations they're just like help people out but this guy was really good and he's like just so you know it's a lot earthier it's a like it's like plant protein it's grainy and pretty much everything I was expecting because when you get plant protein, it just doesn't mix as well. It just isn't the same and it usually doesn't taste as good, but I'm in it now more for the uh, digestibility of it and the effect of it and the ease of making the diet easier, getting enough protein. So it fits the bill, but I'll be on the lookout for better tasting, better mixing stuff because on it is a good brand. They do make a lot of quality stuff. It's just plant protein is plant protein. It, it is what it is. Uh, I think that, yeah, that was it on that. And then I had a big Netflix week. <laughs> I did not realize how much Netflix I actually watch until I was re- getting ready for this intro because uh, now that I have a little bit more free time, I guess you could say, because I just finished that uh, OTA level two that I told you about you guys about a while back. I mentioned it. It's a certification program that pretty much allows me to provide my online clients a much, much better service and allow me to get more people involved without completely burning out. So that was, it's an eight week thing. I still got three weeks left, but the coursework is all done. It was like a college course. So I was like, okay, I need a sec. I really need to just like focus or not focus. I just need to relax and just take a break. So hit Netflix hard this week and it did not disappoint. Netflix is really good right now. I They go through like these waves where it's like there's a brief moment where you run through them all and then bang, like four things come out. And you're like, all right, I'm set for like two, three weeks. The big one was the Kanye documentary and that that one has it's going on week three now so this is you guys are going to catch this on monday last wednesday was part three they've been kind of doing the hbo method with it like the slow drip where it's you got part one the wait a week part two wait a week part three and it did not disappoint it was really good and i know a lot of people have opinions on kanye and all that but i grew up with it like I grew up with his music that he released his first album really in college dropout was in 04 and I was like 11 or 12 at the time which is like prime time when kids are trying to figure out what their genre is what they're into and that's like basically the uh, age group of all the new stars all of the new people like Travis Scott let's be honest (laughs) all of his 
all of his fans are on Fortnite, which tells you all you need to know about the age group. They're like 13-year-olds. So that being said, Kanye was my version of that. And he's always, his music has had a place in my life. So hearing it, I'm just like, wow, I forgot about that song. Oh, I forgot about that song too. And I, you realize how many good hits he had. And I mean, I'll give it to him. The guy is a musical genius, absolute musical genius. And I know that he has said a lot of controversial stuff. And I, the one big thing about the documentary that I liked is that I you get to hear him talk more. Like it's not these snippets of what you see in the news and you don't like get that little snapshot and let the news run with it and fill your head with their opinions. You actually get to hear what he's saying. And I'm not saying I agree with any of it, but I like hearing where he's coming from. So it makes a little more sense as to how I can understand it. And that there's something to be said for that. Like people need to be able to talk a little bit more, which is why I love this podcast. I love being able to actually elaborate on where I'm coming from and where my mindset is at. Because even if you don't agree, you get why I'm saying what I'm saying. And you don't get that in a lot of forms of media. You just don't. I like hearing the thought process behind it and understanding why he said what he said or felt the way that he felt and on top of that love seeing the creative process and like seeing how hard he had to push and how like basically everybody kept shutting the door on him and he's like so good that they couldn't ignore him so I really I do like seeing the creative process because one thing that my girlfriend has called me out on it's funny she's like you you don't really like kind of stick to one thing do you and I'm like not really because I'll watch this Kanye documentary, but a couple months ago, I watched the Dolly Parton documentary or like the Beatles or, and even if it's not music, like watching things like the last dance with Michael Jordan or what was another good one? Uh, I was, I was trying to brainstorm and think of some other good ones. There's just, there's a lot (laughs) there really, there's in many different avenues because it's fun seeing what, like how people are great in different ways, like different versions of greatness and high achievement is really cool to see. And it's kind of fun to take and kind of pick like, what could I apply here? Cause great, like success leaves clues. So it's very fun to kind of see what worked. And Oh, another one that was really good that I always think back on is I don't I think it was the one where they did the comparison with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird like when they were in college and they were talking to Magic Johnson and he said something along the lines of when he was younger his dad taught him how to work hard but his mom taught him how to smile while working hard and how to enjoy things in the process while working his ass off and I'm like that speaks volumes because that I have a little experience with my dad is king of keeping the positive attitude and being an absolute workhorse. So that resonated a lot with me. And it's really cool to see the different, like the different, I guess you could call it approaches, the different methods that they use. But enough about the Kanye documentary. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. I was actually listening to college dropout right before this podcast. So definitely worth a listen there too. Uh, after that, or in between that, me and my girlfriend knocked out Inventing Anna, which another one, so good. 
I it's Ruth Langmore, but still, ugh, it like so so good. And for everybody saying that the um what what was it the accent is infuriating. <laughs> Listen to the real life Anna Delvey, and she pretty much nailed it. <laughs> it's it's pretty rough, but. I guess it's what you get when you cross Russian, German, and American. So, I yeah, I make take that as you will. I don't, I don't really know. But regardless, that's another one where it's like, wow, uh, there are still things you can learn from that. And even though she did a lot of illegal things or unethical things, the hustle and like the balls <laughs> that it took to do what she did is. Honestly, it's admirable. Even though the whole picture wasn't perfect, it wasn't ideal, to be able to go into a room with that many high-power people and have no status whatsoever and still manage to trick people and to like get them to believe in you, that is a talent. And very, very few people have it. So she's definitely rare. You could say that much. Uh, hopefully, I didn't ruin anything, but... If you haven't already, that's worth it too. And the re or not reboot, the next generation of Vikings still kicking ass. It's there hasn't been a dull moment yet. It's incredible. And the very last one I will mention, because clearly I did a lot of watching this week, was the to cap it all off, was worst roommate ever. I put this on because I'll be honest, I, I hit that mental block, that mental state where it's like I, like paralyzation or paralysis, paralyzation. I made up another word the other week. I think it was metabolization. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I was in that state where it's like you really just don't want to do anything productive, but you feel bad because you're not doing something productive and you got to do something. So my go-to is cleaning. So I started vacuuming and I'm like, I'll put something on in the background for noise and just not even have to worry about it. It'll be something to take my mind off and listen in every once in a while. So naturally gravitated towards the crime documentaries. And this one, worst roommate ever, was probably one of the best ones I've seen as far as the stories, like the picking of the stories. I'll tell you right now, not a fan of the way the director kind of just like keeps dangling the carrot out in front of you and you're just like, all right, tell me already what the hell happened because they're all an hour each. They could have been a half hour. They could have been. But these stories are nuts. <laughs> the creativity and editing aside, the people and what they did, bad shit crazy. And I loved watching it. <laughs> Because it's weird. We love the documentaries, these true crime things, these murderers. And we're like, how could they do this? And then you're like, the one woman, you literally, they literally say in, in the preview, they're like, that could be my grandmother. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Very fun to watch, though. So I was, even through the vacuum, making up, making a crazy amount of noise, I was listening very intently. Okay. On to topic number one. Because this will be a good transition, considering I had all that time for Netflix. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is when you say you have no time for exercise. 
when people say they have no time for exercise, I'll be honest, it's a load of shit. But that being said, it's very doable to find pockets of time. Now, where I'm, th- I think a lot of people come at it from this state of mind of like, oh, I got to spend an hour in the gym. That's just not true. It, it's the standard, but it's not the only way. There's a lot of roads to roam in this situation. You can do a lot of different methods to get the results that you want. So let's say you're trying to incorporate workouts into your life for whatever reason, whether it be trying to get toned, trying to lose some weight, trying to get stronger, trying to just feel better. You can do that a lot of different ways. One of my favorite ways is to, first off, figure out how much time you got. Because if you have an hour, then you can definitely make that work. Go to the gym, get it done. If it's like a scheduling thing, just open up your calendar. Find a pocket of time and block it out. Because empty, idle time will always get taken up. Whether that be by a meeting that they saw an opening in your schedule, so they just decided, oh, we're going to have it here. Or like scheduling a call with a client or something, or your kids or something have something coming up and they're like, oh, well, mommy's not doing anything at this time, so we'll just do it there. Or there's a number of different things. Like life will find a way to fill your schedule. But if you intently say, this is my time, right here this block of time is mine then people have to respect it it's a productive boundary because you got to set boundaries when it comes to taking your health and fitness seriously it is quote-unquote a selfish act but it's a selfless act because by doing something for yourself by being selfish you're being you're putting yourself in a position to be more selfless so if it's for your family it's not you missing out on it or like not giving them enough attention it's allowing you to give more of yourself sorry didn't want to tail off there but if that's the case block it out just open your calendar right now hit the pause button on this episode and find that hour two to four times a week okay it only it doesn't have to be every single day just two at the bare minimum and then four if you're feeling really good and you have some time now let's say because I do work with a couple of moms who have young kids, that can be a gigantic pain in the ass because those kids will suck up every ounce of extra time that you may have. So one of the best things you can do is to break your workouts into little pockets, like little sections. The way that the workouts are that I give out, we usually do two circuits there's three exercises that you do for three rounds and then another three exercises you do for three rounds they take about 10 to 15 minutes now let's say you just the kids are at a soccer practice or something or maybe they're younger and they're napping you have time right there hopefully to get maybe 20 minutes of work in so do a little work a light warm-up get moving stretch out a little bit and then do that first circuit three things in a row bang 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 rest minute or two bang 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 rest a minute or two and then bang 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 done that's it you don't have to go crazy you don't have to push it past that point you still got a lot of good work in you're still doing something that you wouldn't have done otherwise and you're making progress 
that's completely okay. That's one way to do it. Now, let's say the kids aren't the issue. Maybe it's a prioritization thing because you hear trainers all over the internet saying it like, oh, if you got, if you're watching like two, three, four episodes of Netflix, you got time to work out. And it's like, well, duh. But a lot of people watch those Netflix shows or whatever at the very end of the day like late night because maybe that's the only time they have with their spouse to have just time one-on-one with each other without the kids being around or it's some sort of stress relief because the job they were working just is terrible and it drained the life out of them and Netflix is like their one thing that's cool if that's your if that's the case use Netflix as a reason to work out there are there was actually a guy way back like maybe five, 10 years ago, way back, that created a treadmill that every time he would stop, or it was a treadmill or a bike, and every time he would stop moving, it would turn the screen off that had his Netflix show on. And that's one way to do it, that you can do exercise while watching. So let's say you're watching something like Mindless, like Love is Blind, or what's another one on there? Or Another one is Real Housewives. I I can say this because I've been sucked in. My girlfriend's got me. Not a, I, obsessed is a bad word, but I'm invested at this point. I know all of Teresa's doings. I know the whole the whole thing that went down. I have my favorites. I have my least favorites. But, but anyway, back to Netflix or whatever show you're watching, there's nothing wrong with doing some squats while you're watching, doing some planks while you're watching, doing something to get your blood pumping. Because yeah, even though you're not having like a crazy intense workout, it's something. And then that's going to start the ball rolling. Because a lot of times what happens is you do these micro workouts or these little exercises here and there. And then you're like, okay, I can do a little bit more. And then you're like, okay, I can do a little bit more. And then you start feeling really good. Like all of a sudden, maybe some pain that you had goes away or you find that you sleep better and that you have more energy throughout the day. And you're like, I kind of like this. Let's keep pushing it and let's go a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then it starts to snowball where all of a sudden you're like, all right, I can wait on the Netflix. I want to get that hour of working out in because it'll make me feel incredible. And that's the way that it's done. But you got to take that first step in getting like a plank in for each commercial. So if you are like, well, we upgraded, but if you're like us and have those commercials on Hulu or whatever, I know Netflix doesn't do it, but if you're on Hulu or USA or whatever, and they have the commercials during that commercial, hold a plank as long as you can. Or on the next one, get in as many squats as you possibly can. And doing that over time will build that snowball effect and allow you to make time. Because at the end of the day, we all can make time. There is a way. There is a way to carve out enough time. It's a priority thing. And if it's not a top priority, not a big deal. Just get the ball rolling. And eventually, it will become a priority. Hopefully. think that covered it oh the other one is sporting events almost forgot the big one 
sporting events, kids, when they go to practice, it's usually at a park. It's usually at a gym or a gymnasium or something like that. That potentially like could give you an hour to yourself right there. If you don't have any other kids to attend to, or you don't have to get the groceries or something like that on that day where it's like, finally, I get some time alone away from them. Go to the gym. Don't go home, go to the gym, do what you got to do. Or better yet, if say, I don't know, little Johnny has football or soccer practice on like the big high school field and there's a track around it. Just walk, walk around, embarrass them a little bit. It's fine. Just let it like, what do they care? They can, they can bitch and moan in the car about how you're embarrassing them, whatever. Mom got her steps in. That's all that matters. Because again, it's about you. You got to do what's best for you. And that's all I'll say about that. Next is the one thing that you can do that'll improve almost every exercise that you do, which is slowing it down. And what I mean by that is on the lowering portion or the uppering, no, the raising portion, you slow down. We'll use a squat for an example. As you sit down, when you go from fully standing to that seated position, that is considered what is called the eccentric portion where the muscles are stretching. And then as you stand up, that's a concentric portion where the muscles are contracting, they're squeezing the prime movers. So if we're getting technical here, like with the quads and the glutes, as you go down, the quads and the glutes stretch out. And then as you stand up, they squeeze. One thing you could do that will clean up form is to really take a lot of time on the way down and on the way up. One of the things that, uh, what's his name? Aaron Horshing, the squat you guy, he put out there and it was genius because honestly, I never even thought of it, but it's called the 10 second squat. So you go five seconds down, five seconds up. And all of a sudden you start feeling the, and this is like body weight, very little lightweight. You start feeling those micro movements that you do that you weren't really aware of before, because if you're moving super fast and doing this like ego lifting where you're just all momentum, no control, you miss a lot and you start noticing things like, oh, as I'm coming up, my knee is kind of caving in or as I'm going down, my back really starts to bend a little bit. And being that you're going so slow, you can intently pay attention and you can feel this stuff and you can notice it. Like if you have a mirror, you can see it. So on the movements, try and slow it down, especially it's a really good warm up. So if you're about to do like a big squat day or any exercise, doing one warm up set where you do three or four repetitions and go super slow and making sure that you actually feel it in the muscle, that can make a world of difference. And in a lot of cases, it can actually make you feel stronger because now you actually have control and the right muscles are firing and doing their damn job. So yeah, <laughs> another thing you can do is pauses. This works really, really well when it comes to exercises like benching or deadlifting where at the very, or sorry, not deadlifting, uh, squatting where at the bottom, a lot of people bounce. A lot of people will just get a lot of momentum and kind of use that rubber band effect where it's like 
it literally, if you were to put their their exercise in a comic book, you'd see that big, uh, I don't know what to call it, but you'd see that big boing right next to it from the bounce. And that's never a good thing because one, nowhere in competition does it allow you to bench press like that. Not a single place. And the only place you get points for that is in a high school football weight room where form goes to complete shit and everybody's ego lifting in most, not all. There are some good gems out there, but most that's pretty much the case. And when it comes to squatting, same deal, losing tension at the bottom. And then all of a sudden what looked great on the way down turns to complete shit on the way up. So getting really good at doing pausing variations where for a squat, you go to the bottom and you hang out for three to five seconds, but you're not hanging out. You're keeping the tension and you're squeezing as tight as you possibly can. And then standing up because that's what you want is total control, total tension and feeling every inch of the movement. Now with bench, there's a good variation called a spoto press, which is basically you bring the bar down about an inch away from your chest where it's not making contact. It's just floating there again, three to five seconds. You're squeezing, you're getting really tight. You're driving your feet into the floor. You feel your whole body getting tense and then blast it up. And that over time will make you stronger. It will improve form and it'll keep you safer in the long term. So Give it a try next time you're in the gym. It can make a world of difference just slowing it down. But fair warning, it will hurt your ego. It will result in you lifting less weight from the start. But your ceiling for growth is going to be way, way, way higher. So slow it down. Use the muscles that you're supposed to be using. Don't let momentum steal any of your gains, steal any of your progress, because momentum is the enemy of strength. I maybe yeah we'll stick with that momentum is the enemy of strength because momentum is great and all but it's really not doing you any favors when it comes to weightlifting unless you're in a competition that requires momentum like maybe olympic lifting trying to uh press a bar over your head and get the use of the legs but other than that i can't think of anything where it's actually useful so yeah <laughs> slow it down drop the weight do it right and last but not least, we got how to use the scale correctly. When when I'm bringing up the scale, a lot of times when I'm working with clients or I'm talking to people on the phone for the first time, they tell me, oh, I'm not seeing any progress. I can't lose any weight. And I'm like, my first question usually is, well, how frequently are you weighing in? And they're like, eh, a couple times a week. And like, I don't see any progress. Sometimes I gain weight and I'm like, all right, all right. That makes a lot of sense because when it comes to weighing yourself, it's all or nothing. It's every single day or a big chunk of time in between because those every so often weigh-ins mess with you mentally and they aren't worth a damn thing. They really aren't because your body fluctuates all the time every day between somewhere around like three to five pounds. So I mean, even not even taking it that into consideration, if you're also not weighing in at the exact same time every day, then it's completely void. It's completely useless because as you drink water, as you eat food, 
all that stuff, digestion's going on, food is coming in, going out, and there's all this weight that's being shifted around. So first things first, if you want a consistent weigh-in, you got to do it first thing in the morning, empty bladder, empty bowels if possible, (laughs) and no water, no coffee, no shower, nothing, just fresh. That's the only way to get a consistent weigh-in. So that knocks out a lot of people right there because they don't. if you don't take the weigh-in seriously and you're not consistent with it, then it's useless. So that being said, even if you do do it every couple of days, it's still not that reliable because you're still in a state of flux. That's why when you see people that do the daily weigh-ins, they have a chart, like a graph of their progress that goes up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, because some days are higher, some days are lower. And let's just say you're the unlucky one that only weighed in on the high days, but you missed out on all the low days that you could have been recording, but you didn't hop on the scale that day. You have no idea. And you don't know where that trend line is going because that's the real tell is if you're having these weigh-ins that are going up, down, up, down, up, down, you want to see those up, down, up, down movements start to go in a downward trend. So let's say your heaviest weigh-in was 150 and then the lowest weigh-in was 145. Next week, your heaviest weigh-in was 149. Your lowest was 144. And it's like, great, you had a new low weigh-in, but what if you only saw 149 to 150? Or maybe you had a day where you hit 151, but you still had that low weigh-in at 149. You would have never have known. So for that reason, I tell people, all or nothing. Either do it every single day or do it once every month or two months because in a month, you'll see some sort of progress. At the very bare minimum, you should see about maybe like a two pound decrease, but that's not set in stone because again, your body's fluctuating three to five pounds. So if you did lose two pounds and you had a day where you had a bad weigh-in, then you might see zero progress at all. So I opt. I tell people opt for the daily weigh-ins or take a lot of time, or you could go the measurement route and say, screw the weight just once a month or once every six weeks, do measurements, because those are usually a little bit more consistent anyway. And to put your mind at ease, because I send this document to every single client just to know like how it should go and what to expect These are the weigh-in guidelines that I'm going to share with everybody here. So first and foremost, we're going to go back to how to weigh yourself. First thing in the morning, after going number one and possibly number two, no eating or drinking, no showering, no exercising, and no matter how good or bad, you still put it down. And let's say you did have a bad weigh-in. There's a, I got eight reasons here. There's definitely more, but there's eight big ones. So listen up. First one is you ate a very salty meal the day before because salt makes your body retain more water because that's its like that's one of its many functions. And in performance, when it comes to performance in the gym, this is a really good thing. Hydration is great, but that extra hydration can result in extra weight. Uh, Number two is eating more carbs than usual the day before. When you eat carbs, they that uh the carbs turn into glycogen which then fills up your muscles that glycogen also binds to water which there you go it adds more weight 
in addition to the glycogen. So now your muscles are full again for performance, really, really good. But if you weren't doing this prior and all of a sudden your muscles are full of glycogen and feeling good, they're still heavier. So that could be a reason why. Another one is you ate dinner later than usual the night before. You might still have to digest that food because you've been sleeping. Your body is just resting and not really firing on all cylinders because it's relaxing. So there might still be food in there to digest that hasn't run its course yet. Uh, next one is you weighed in earlier than you normally do. Again, same reason. If you're weighing in at at uh, 8 a.m., but the kid wo- the kids woke you up at like 5, 6 in the morning and you're like, all right, well, I'll get my weigh-in in then you're losing sleep, which could potentially cause inflammation. You're, you could have undigested food that still needs to run its course. And on top of that, like the whole, when you lack sleep in general, you just always have heavy weigh-ins. It's like, it's almost a guarantee. Um, and then another one is having a really hard workout the day before having a hard workout can leave your muscles feeling very sore, which could lead to inflammation and water retention because that's how the body recovers. That's how it does its thing. So if that's the case, you worked your ass off. That's That happens a lot with people who do a crazy workout and then they're like, all right, I earned it. I should have a really good way in the next day. And it's up and they're like, what the f-? And that's why <laughs> it happens a lot. Next is you might have to go number two. It just might be sitting there. You never know. Never know uh, until you really know and you have to go. <laughs> uh, number seven is you're more stressed than normal. Just more daily stress can lead to water retention, inflammation, digestive issues. It has a host of reasons why you would have extra weight. So if you're having some family issues, if you're having some stress at work, it could be that. And does that mean you're not losing fat? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. But you could still be on track, but that could be why you're having some bad weigh-ins because there's some water that's hanging around or some food that's not digesting properly, even though you might still be losing fat. And last, this is the best one because this is the one that everybody hopes for, which is your body's getting ready for what's called a whoosh, real, real scientific term there. What happens sometimes when people are losing weight is they hit these blocks, they hit these plateaus that aren't really plateaus. It's just your body shifting water around, kind of reorganizing things, and on the scale it can show up as weight loss or even weight gain. But if you follow the path, if you stay on the path and stay consistent and do what you got to do and really just trust in the process, what can happen sometimes is like say this goes on for two, three, four weeks and you see no progress at all, but you stay on the plan, sometimes, boom, all of a sudden you drop two, three, four pounds out of nowhere and you're like, what the hell? That is a whoosh. (laughs) And it can happen because once your body hits its stride and it moves things around where it needs to be, that is one of the things that could possibly result. And the last thing, just keys, key things to remember. One, when you're weighing yourself in, it's just data. It's not a judgment on you as a person or your value. Um, the more you weigh in, the more data and more accurately you can assess how you're doing. When you have a lot of numbers and you can see trends and everything and kind of figure out where stuff goes wrong, where stuff goes right, it helps the process. 
end. Number three, the less you weigh in, the more likely one of the above factors will mess up your weekly weigh-in. Number four is I can almost guarantee that you will not lose weight. You lose the weight you expect to every single week. However, over time, you will be able to lose as much weight as you want to with patience, persistence, and consistency because that's the name of the game that's going to get you the results you want. Don't let these little hiccups, these little micro screw-ups get in your way and mess up, mess with your head and take you off course because the only way that you're ever going to mess up, the only way that you're ever going to fail is by giving up. So if you keep coming back, learn from your mistakes, stay the course, trust the process, you'll get there. You'll Whatever your goal is, you will get there. And on that note, because it's a way much, po- uh, way more positive note than last week, I'm going to end it right there before there's any chance for negativity. So we're going to call it right there. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Before I sign off, if you're not in the free Facebook group already, where you got free workouts, recipes, and a whole community to support with, to support you and engage with, go ahead and hit that link in the in the show notes. I'd love to have you in there. I'll see you on Facebook. But if I don't see you there, I'll see you next time on the podcast on Wednesday. Until then, have an amazing week. Go kick some ass, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star review. And make sure to go hit that subscribe button so that way you don't miss another episode of the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast.